Welcome to B-Plot Podcast, the podcast where we take a look at some of the biggest movies from days gone by. Mostly ignore it, look at the ones come out on the exact same day. My name is Lincoln, I'm a comic out here in London, I'm out here with my man Sam. Sam, how you doing? Keeping well. Yeah, you look well, you look well. Um, I know a lot of podcasts, they do this, people get very annoyed, but uh, for the record, uh, Sam's looking resplendent. Shirt open. <laughs> um, it's too hot. Like- it's it's hot. Sam looks like he knows his way around a barbecue. It's <laughs> 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 looking good. Looking good. On the podcast today, we have Alien, Ridley Scott's 1979 masterpiece, and on the exact same day, The Prisoner of Zender, starring Peter Sellers and also Peter Sellers. Mm. Alien, if you haven't seen it, it's a um, there's a space trawler, a kind of a commercial uh, spaceship enterprise, but about. I don't know, somewhere in the future, wherever in space. And uh, they get a distress signal or a warning. Who knows? And um, they go and investigate um, and they find this alien ship with um, kind of very interesting uh, decaying bodies or kind of a decaying, I don't know what you would call something like that. Like, anyway, they find the ship and uh, one of the guys is nosy. This is also a very anti-nosy uh movie don't be nosy <laughs> don't be curious it's always bad mm. um just stay where you are look at the wall and um yeah they bring this alien on board and sigourney weaver and the rest of the crew have to find a way to stop it um now sam let's start with alien yeah you picked this one for us today what's your relationship with alien um tell us a little bit about that yeah so when i was young i, w- I remember i was at somebody else's house i was being babysat at whatever age and they were like watch whatever you want and alien was the one that was sitting there with an 18 certificate and a creepy poster and i just fell in love with the movie man i was it's it's great it's so good they didn't give a fuck about us dude no (laughs) but to be fair the the stuff that you were likely to own on VHS, even at a higher certificate, was probably a bit sounder than what it is today. What do you mean? I think watching... I, I, f- I felt this thing, right? So going back to the 70s, and obviously we're, wa- you know, we're watching them on more modern TVs, but there's that picture quality thing that just makes you feel safe because you're like, oh, I know there's nothing you can show me that's going to be that shocking to me because this is from too far in the past to like for me to even be sensitive to. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like every decade afterwards, it's going to be like, oh, well, I've seen a guy murdered on my street. So the I think Alien's probably yeah. fine. Also, like the things that were that were likely to like piss you or like the things that were likely to shock you in 1979 is that like, fucking, I don't know, William Shatner kissed an alien or something or... Um, a dad, <laughs> yeah. um, a divorced dad, uh, looked after his child. Oh my god! This is the most, <laughs> this is the most insane thing I've ever seen. Um, what about you? What's your relationship? Man, real funky relationship with Alien. I. This is another one of those where, like, oh man, I'm not sure. Have I seen this? Haven't I seen it? Um, <laughs> I have seen it. I settled on the fact that I have in fact seen Alien. However, I've seen Aliens so many times that that has it's uh completely replaced whatever the memory was that was in the cache that was reserved for 
for alien. <laughs> <laughs> so every yeah. time I think of aliens, I thought I was thinking of alien, but actually I was thinking of aliens whenever anything happens. And they're such different. So movies. different. They could like it, they're completely different genres, really. Yeah. Um, but the and and but this is and this is the other thing I was going to say is this one this one where the shock is are you, are you familiar with that famous story? Apparently, people were throwing up when this came out at the chestburster no. scene. Is it? it I think this is one of those films that I think got promoted off of like one guy had something nasty to eat at the cinema threw up at the exact right moment and the ad ad men were like oh fucking brilliant so disgusting you'll throw up and it's like it's not actually as gory i think as we remember it or you know from our childhoods it's just the thing that makes it hit harder is the sort of the sincerity of it like how straight they play it yeah and the uh negative space the the slowness of it how deliberate everything is slowly, slowly escalating um, to the point where when that chest bursting scene, let's start with that. That's actually, it's still, you know what? It's still pretty shocking after all this time. Um, the special effects are so well done and um, it's so well paced that you can't help but be drawn in of those long shots along the this corridor of the ship and these people exploring and that's intercut with, with, other, um, with the other characters, just keeps creating the tension. And um, eventually, it uh, uh, it reaches a fever pitch. Mm. And I'm sure anyone who's listening to this podcast knows this, but there's obviously again that famous story of the other actors didn't know the blood was going to go. So there, that pause, that moment where they're holding John Hurt down, and he's you know he's writhing around, and then a bunch of blood packs explode in his chest, and they all freeze for a moment. That's because. That's a genuine mm. reaction. They're all like, wait, this is fucking, didn't expect to see that. And you can see John Hurt then goes back into like act a bit harder. So you're like, yeah, yeah, keep mm. that. But um, it's so, it's so personal. And it's, it's so interesting as well because it feels like, it feels so grounded in like premise and vision of the future that far, you know, that far into the future when it's like we might be mining on different planets. There's nothing about it that's sexy or like jazzed up. It's just, yeah, this is pretty much like the eighties in Manchester, but in space. Yeah, that's true. I I will say I think just because I have seen Aliens so many times, I I do think I prefer Aliens to Alien. Um, I also feel like they, we reach a point, and this and you you have to be very careful when you say these kind of things because the first of anything is always going to spawn a lot of imitators, and so you have to come to it with that knowledge in your mind that like oh you've seen this many times before that doesn't mean um that because you're seeing the original thing that did it that it's worse for it but i did think yeah when i there was a point where we've seen the alien now and it's about 30 minutes left to go so we're heading into the final third where a part of me was like all right go get him go get it go get him ripley go get him uh, did you watch the director's cut, by the way? Oh, God, no. I watched a uh, two-hour version. First of all, uh, Ridley Scott can suck my dick with all these fucking director's cuts. Just fucking release the fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. movie. <laughs> and that's the movie, man. <laughs> Come on. Mm. Stop it. Don't make these... Oh, actually, I had another hour in the tank. Nah, dog. You got what you got. <laughs> that's where you put out is what we got. Stop trying to <laughs> go back. That's like if you're at a restaurant and the 
fucking you get the dish at the table and the chef's like oh no let me just take that back like no 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 this is <laughs> uh, you want fish and chips now it's like bitch. no this is what <laughs> it is this is what it is this is the meal you don't get to then add more like no dude believe in yourself or whatever or like maybe he's just really bad at negotiating and his movies just keeps getting fucked up in the edit. Yeah, I, 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 I honestly, I think he does it on purpose. I think he goes, I think he goes. You know what? I'm gonna shoot a bunch of extra shit. I'm not even gonna tell the studio about, and then I'm just just to make it so that he stays more relevant. And you can see as as his career has gone on, it's. I don't think I don't think he's ever made anything half as good as Alien. I think so. I think Gladiator. Oh wait, Blade Runner. Blade Runner, Gladiator. Gladiator, Gladiator. As a kid, don't get me wrong. As a kid, I fucking loved that movie. Watched it like once every couple of weeks. But it doesn't like Alien aged well for the most part. Gladiator kind of again slips into real corner. Really, I, I, I'm, I'm there. It's very operatic. Um, I was actually going to suggest it for the pod, um, in the next couple of weeks. But I would love to rewatch yeah. it. That's one of those. That's one of those ones where I'm like, if I'm in front of the TV and I see the first ten minutes, I'm like, all right. Um, stop the presses cancel all my appointments <laughs> I'm locked in yeah. baby I'm, I'm locked yeah. in <laughs> and I feel like we've mentioned how sick Joaquin Phoenix <sighs> is so many times without ever doing a Joaquin Phoenix movie that is wild that is wild um, yeah highlights for me definitely uh, the special effects which um, very good still hold up remarkably well I wrote a note. This I wrote two notes for Alien, and that was one of them. I was like, the F, the special effects hold up so well because they're mostly like science experiments. So it's like you could tell they're actually using something to melt the you know the styrofoam walls of the ship or whatever, and the dissection of the face hugger thing. I'm like, they, this is stuff that they would have been doing in school in the seventies. So it it feels so much more real. Yeah, that's true, and also like. And is it, I mean, this is unfair because the same thing happened in um, when we watched The Terminator, where when basically uh, James Cameron going back and fixing all of the the, the special effects and like, the, and I know George Lucas gets a lot of flack for doing it in Star Wars, but I do just just because the special effects hold up really really well, but the one time where it was like a bit jarring where you have to blink. A couple of times to see what's going on is when um the android uh when his head's cut off and they have to reanimate and it's clearly just the fucking doll's head and then there's like a real boop, sharp edit and okay <laughs> and he starts talking i was like is there a way we can clean this up maybe we don't want to clean it up maybe we want to preserve that for posterity I honestly thought that's just editing though. I was like, hang on, you've had you've doubled up on shots of them straightening the model head and then straightening the real head. And I'm like, I'll buy it. Just use the real head and the the movie could be three seconds shorter. Yeah. Know? I maybe. It's fair enough, but I would I wouldn't mind if you guys back. Um the other thing that I that struck me as well is why this reminded me of a little bit of Jaws and maybe our time. I don't know. Maybe I'm seeing too much into it. But yeah, the um, the kind of steadfast belief in science uh, coming up against the um, practicality and pragmatism of of Ripley. She's mm. like, and it really, man. This is a great. This is actually a great pandemic movie as well, because because. 
uh, we have protocols to follow. You can't bring, you can't come outside if you've been exposed to a pathogen. Is the same as, oh, let me quickly take your temperature before you come in. Click, click. You have to go yeah, in. Yeah. And then you're there like, oh, dude. Do I, come on. We've got the vaccine, blah, blah. And like, then we roll. Does that all these people get upset? They can't travel to Portugal for fuck's sake. Because I, <laughs> oh my God. I love, I love, I love the, uh, 1979 anti-maskers had to be on like the work the you know the the universe's most dangerous planet to for that to catch them out um shout to ripley though she was like no 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 we can't do this we can't do this and um she was overridden i the you don't i didn't even th- i've never thought about this before because i've never seen this film without being aware of the marketing or something but you really don't know ripley's the protagonist until like 45 minutes in yeah and lo- looking at True. all the other True. people at the table, you're like, at, at the time, all of them are more famous than she is. Like the the, the actors. Uh, and it's, it's really interesting because she doesn't really... It's like, it's a classic horror movie. Like, a, a, again, like a slasher film, one by one murders. Um, except Ripley is already right from the beginning. She's like, no, 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 if... You bring this on, we're gonna it's gonna kill everybody. We have to do this. We have to do it. every time somebody doesn't listen to her, they get themselves killed. And I'm I find it very interesting because I think unlike most horror movies, this one, the moral is about listening. Yeah. Yeah. Actually we should listen. Um listen to good advice. Mm. You know what is to, interesting to, though? That is interesting. Yeah, to the Jaws came out in seventy seven. Um, which we've covered. It's in the archives if you want to go check it out, Jaws. Um it does follow a similar dynamic. It follows a similar idea. People don't follow protocols or they go in the face of established rules, um, even in the face of a clear threat, and then they pay the ultimate price for it. Like the mayor from uh, Jaws is the same guy as the captain of the ship. It's the exact same guy, essentially. But it's all, I guess, in a way, this all feels to me, and I might, I'm, I might be wrong. I would love for somebody to write in and tell where this story starts comes from. Is the the thing, uh, which obviously I, I've, I've only seen the John Carpenter one. I've never seen the original fifties thing. But if it holds true, it's that everybody trapped in an area with a monster that's going to kill them one by one. And I think this is, this returns more to that bottle formula of like having them enclosed than Jaws does but it very much takes and it takes the kind of direction of Jaws as well in the the aliens maybe on screen for the two a minute maybe something like that um it's all in the suspense and it's that same thing where you're like it might it there's a couple of moments where it kills and there's a couple of moments where it doesn't kill or somebody just gets away and you're like okay yeah I'm just I'm just thinking now about what we said about earlier about Jaws and about Alien in that sense. In the sense that like where where are we? We're in the late seventies. Uh Reagan is on the horizon. I think Ford's president in the or Carl, Jimmy Carter's president in the late seventies, I'm not sure. We're heading in, in, into a, a point where authority fi- authority figures aren't they don't know what they're doing. This is like two years after um Watergate. Maybe maybe Hollywood America is thinking like, oh man, the fucking these guys at the top don't know what the fuck they're talking about, and um, these authority figures are being undermined by these strong individuals with a sense of moral purpose, and yeah, so there we are. 
and then we are and then we get something like that where you know this is a real crisis it's on the horizon if we just listened and we listened to the sensible person ripley in this sense we wouldn't you know we wouldn't be made up should we move on to prison of zender yeah let's talk about let's talk uh, about this so prison of zender sam give us a quick summary of uh, prisoner of zender Prisoner of Zender is a literal farce, a comedy of errors where uh, Peter Sellers plays the king of uh, a fictional nation in the middle of Europe or a king, a prince who is to be crowned king. And Peter Sellers also plays a, a London cab driver who oi, is... Oi, 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 oi. <laughs> That's him. <laughs> who is identical to the king... Uh, the king, the the king's brother, is trying to assassinate him. Oh, so many errors! Is the the assistants try and get this cab driver who is also, you know, like a fucking proper action hero, like romancing the stone style, mm. to take all the hits for the real king. Yeah, so he's the spitting image of the um, of the king. The king is a bit of a playboy, a bit of like. Um... Uh, what's the name? Uh, Dudley Moore's character in uh, what's the name of that movie where he's just a drunk Englishman all the time? I don't know, man. Arthur, I think that is the name of the movie. Oh, the... when you get caught between a world and New York City, that one. But anyway, so uh, Peter Sellers and Peter Sellers does a, as a, as good a job as you can imagine um, of differentiating these two people. The one. Uh, one guy has a speech impediment, the kind of dandy playboy, a uh, real prince. And then the geezer, the, um, the, the, cockney, man, cab the, driver. the cockney cab driver, Pete, Peter Sellers as well. Um, he is the cab driver with a heart of gold, baby, heart of gold. And yeah, he goes along with this, with the farce. Yeah, he goes along with the sham so that they can go back. And there's obviously, of course, the court intrigue, the mistresses, the uh, the princess that is promised to um to the king but uh yeah it is it is what it is it's 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 hard to because even you describing it there made it sound it like very flatly and plainly made it sound so much better than it is it's such a flat movie where none of those things it's almost like it's because I know it's, I looked it up. It's adapted from a book. Obviously, no time to read the book. It's been adapted twice before this, so I can't help but imagine like this is a really taut period piece about like political thriller, and they've gone, let's make a slapstick comedy out of it. But we don't want to distract too much from the drama, so don't make it that funny anyway. See, that's the problem for poor Peter Sellers here. Is when all when all you have is slapstick all your the only tool you have is slapstick all your all the movies look like nails um <laughs> yeah that's what's what happened there is that's the that was the gear that he had for this one um this by god uh sam this was this was brutal um this was a brutal watch uh, it took it out of me baby it took it out of me uh, you can watch it on youtube uh which you shouldn't um <laughs> It's also because YouTube being YouTube, like I'm watching it and then I'm on my phone, you know, you turn it or whatever and you're like, oh man, that, look at that video. Oh, look <laughs> at the top, top 100 greatest goals from the <laughs> 90s. I'm like, oh, maybe I should. No, 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 no. Watch this. Watch this, Lincoln. Now do the, do the thing for the people. Do the thing for the people. Yeah, this and is it a hard up, one to sit through. And it ends up being President of Zender. But like, let's, let's, let's give it its due. Real piece of shit. 
a couple of things that you enjoyed. Do you have any highlights? There was one thing that made me laugh that was from the Cockney Cab Driver, which is where they've gone to Ruritania, I think the country is called. Ruritania or something like that. Ruritania. And everybody's so surprised that the king's getting out of a wagon that like a guy immediately falls over and he helps him up and then every bit, more people see and they keep falling over and stumbling and then a guy falls off his ladder and drops a bucket of paint on a woman. And none of the slapstick actually got me. But then afterwards, when the guy comes out and he's like, what happens here? And he's like, I don't know, people just keep falling over. And this girl's got paint all over her. And I was like, yeah, she does. That is true. And that, and that, is how, that was the one bit that felt like a real guy. I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah man, I actually have... A fa- I do love a farce. Like, I will tell you this. Like, if you... Some of the hardest I've ever laughed is for, like, a proper... Just a good farce, you know what I mean? Like, I still think the original... um, uh, The English version, not the American one, because they didn't get it. The original Death at a Funeral. Oh, I've never seen the original. So excellent. And it works. It, it, the American one doesn't work because um, American sensibilities don't... Al- it's the equivalent of having a of having a, a, a double act without a straight man. Mm, yeah. Um, it, with the American one. But with the English one, there's always someone to be embarrassed and there's always someone to be, um, uh, you know, uh, made, made fun of. But with the American one, everyone's in on the joke. So it, it doesn't, there's no like actual grittiness. Yeah. Well, I think the... I think the difference between like all other nations and their farces and America is that like a farce anywhere else you look at like english farces and it's like the guy is an idiot but trying to get away with it and it's it's maintaining that line of misunderstanding of like just away with it which you can only build up with like older cultures where things can be misunderstood and people talk around the issue more like the the farcical american it's so stupid no one's believing they're getting away with it yeah i mean i love i love a farce i love things falling apart i love the misunderstandings and the heightening of the stakes and the and all of the innuendo the the innuendos all that kind of thing love it love it love it this movie doesn't have that it doesn't have it um i think because the (laughs) this is going to sound dumb is it's there's too much happening here there's too, uh, there's too much story to have to get through for me to like because like also this is just a weird function of the time i guess because there's like th- three different women in it they all look exactly the same <laughs> they all look exactly the same I, I can't tell them apart at all and so i'm like oh so who's that oh no that's not that's not her. And, and you know what even as i look at the the kind of wikipedia summary of it which is about three paragraphs long still have no real Right about hour, right about an hour in, I just kind of uh, the fucking the blind just went up, and I was like, okay, man, I don't know what's going on. This kind of movie, this story, has been playing out for a while. I have a rid- ridiculously since I've never seen the film, and I've only uh, heard about it, like seen the trailer. Um, Kevin Klein did a movie in the early '90s called Dave. Mm-hmm. You heard of it? No, nah, never heard of it. It's basically it's the same. It's the exact same plot. Is the the president of the United States has a uh, long a, a lookalike, a doppelganger. Mm. The president goes missing, or he's ill, or something, and then Dave comes in, uh, Kevin Klein, and he is the new president. 
and he everyone likes him the most because he's like a cool you know like a hip president that's a nice yeah. person a regular person which by the way i make which makes a lot of sense just because like presidents can't be good people just because of the how they get of, there yeah the level of narcissism that it takes to be like i should be the president yeah. means that you can't be a good person that's like mutually exclusive Mm. and um nor should you be i don't think i don't think presidents should be good people i think yeah, just, well, just be I a good president i think it's more just looking at the need for presidents and how government and society works more than like let it whatever so this thing exists man this thing exists and there is a very fun euro american obsession with this about um oh actually i'm long lost secret royalty blah 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 it's mm. it's a it's a trope they they love it yeah. Um, to be like because it like actually like grounds there it's like actually no you aren't just this fucking you know seed sprinkled on north america and part of this great american experiment now your roots go way back <laughs> your roots go way back to uh checks notes is it ruritania it's ruritania it's ruritania by god um sam i want to ask that we get into the categories because i think there's a lot of categories, a lot of fun to be had with the categories mm. between Alien and Prisoner of Zelda. Categories. So we have categories how we compare these two films. Um, and uh, for uh, Prisoner of Zelda and Alien, the one that we usually have first is the instant cancellation. For me, uh, Sam, I'll go first. The instant cancellation is at the very beginning of... Uh, Prisoner of Zender, when uh, the king dies, I thought, mm, I saw the, uh, it was like a cross there, and I was like, man, this is, feels a bit Nazi-ish. Yeah. Feels bit, <laughs> sure. Feels like, feels like this king's a bit, because he didn't, he had like the the World War II, I don't know what you, is it an iron cross? What do you call that? Uh, yeah. I guess no? we're the same age, man. Why, why are you batting this back to me? I don't know what that's fucking called. <laughs> it's like asking me about cars. Yeah, Iron Cross, the military decoration in the Kingdom of Prussia uh, later uh, in the German Empire. Yeah, I, I, th I thought I was like, I mean, I feel if there's even a chance that someone could look at a symbol in your mm. movie and go that looks a bit nazi-ish just get rid of it yeah just probably <laughs> don't even don't risk it what about you what's your instant cancellation i'm gonna go for alien because mm. there's one there's only one cancel and it's uh ripley and her tiny sexy little panties at the end mm. uh just because this is a film that's so famous for like passing the beckdale test and the story behind that ripley was originally written as a man Sigourney Weaver came in and they were like, let's get Sigourney Weaver to it. It's beautiful. I don't think they'd have done the same shot in 1979 if it was a dude. But I'd be happy to be proven wrong, Ridley Scott. If you want to get Matthew McConaughey in space and give us some Matthew McConaughey crack, I'm fucking in for it. Maybe that's why they that maybe that's why the shot was in in that case. Is you think that it was because it was written straight across as like a dude. I guess a guy in his pants getting into a thing is not something that anyone would have ever blinked at yeah 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 but he but if he'd been in those pants i mean i remember being like somewhere between nine <laughs> those, and 12 years old and being like what <laughs> yeah that's just, i mean 
It's just, it's just, it's overly. She's already, she's already single-handedly. Fuck it. She's the one who survived and been right there. That's sexy enough. Do you mm. know what I mean? No, it's very sexy. Surviving guys, very sexy. Um, the other thing that is um, that is not sexy though, that is also an instant cancellation in Alien, is the um, the extent to which people talk over <laughs> talk over Ripley. Yeah. Shout out to all the women in my life who would just be fucking furious. Who <laughs> <laughs> would get so upset? Mm. at um at being spoken over um when you are a right yeah. the the uh, senior officer in this in this scenario mm. <laughs> and um there's some dude there's just fucking constantly interrupting you and you're like motherfuck yeah. <laughs> um yeah what's the next one we usually have freaky friday right or weirdly woke sorry weirdly weirdly woke woke. Moment. what's the yeah. weirdly woke moment in both or either Prisoner of Zinda and Alien. So, mm, uh, weirdly woke moment in Alien for me is the two guys who are arguing about getting uh, shares. Mm. Uh, it's the mm. whole. Th- it, it, it's the whole thing of like the uh, the company massively exploiting them, and you know, as twist reveal in Alien, intentionally leading them to their death to capture the most dangerous species in the fucking universe. I'm like, yeah, let's talk about... Actually, no, before we do this, let's talk about shares. Let's talk about deals. Let's talk about royalties. I want to do... Do you know what I mean? It should be rich. Yeah, the labor situation in space, not great. Um, Really not good. Uh, Don't like to see it. Next category. Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday. Man, you've got to get... um, You've got to get peter sellers into alien but like swapping him with the alien but not <laughs> i want i want the cabbie okay not the not the dandy prince yeah um, by the way is dandy is acceptable i wonder if that's acceptable i don't know i don't i thought that was the uh i thought that was like uh happy go lucky no i'm th- i'm thinking of like um yeah it is a man unduly concerned with looking stylish and fashionable uh, ooh, um, okay. So fits, um, gang, gang. Yeah, I would get him in as the alien, and I want him, uh, yeah, stalking with his little, <laughs> with his little Cockney accent, just coming over the over the tannoy, over the intercom. Mm. Oi, oi, are you doing? <laughs> um, that's all I can do now. I'm gonna swap the, um, you know, the creepy French count who's stalking Peter Sellers. So throughout the whole movie, the the the. This French count's wife is like is trying to have sex with the king the whole time, and he's really jealous. And he's wily coyote. That's the thing. He's just trying all these plans and all these poisons that are about fire. I want him. I want to swap him with uh, with Ripley on on the ship. So uh, Alien becomes Roadrunner, but the Alien is actually the Roadrunner, and we sympathise with it from a different angle. And this guy just he just keeps trying to eat this acidic alien, but he keeps blowing himself up and surviving. That's the other thing. He's got like an incredible survivability. And then you've got Ripley in uh the prisoner of Zender being like, Yeah, he's the fucking king. Don't hit him, I'll fight you. Done. Twenty minutes. Finished. Twenty minutes. Let's get in, let's get out. Um mm. That's something that doesn't exist now in the later alien movies, right? What? The blood being the blood being acidic. Does it not? I don't think it does, because yeah, it doesn't go back. Because in in aliens, they're all like soaked in 
whatever the ooze nah, is. Nah, dude, that's the, the that's area. the that's not their blood. That's the um they've got that constant layer of like ooze going all over their skin to protect them, in it. That's that other the, the thing he talked about in the pod to survive extreme conditions. Really? Yeah, cuz it does happen in um Resurrection. I remember the the same thing where it drips all the way through the ship. Mm. Interesting. I was yeah, going to say in the latest one and then I realized they'd done like 19 more since 2004. Yeah. yeah. Um Yeah, so if we have to now do a, a sequel generator, mm. you have to make a make a uh, Prisoner of Zender 2 or make an Aliens. Let's stick with Prisoner of Zender because we kind of know where yeah. Aliens goes to. Prisoner of Zender, I think Two is the uh, eventual erosion and um, inevitable slip into dark and uh, horrific genocide slash um, civil war mm. breaking out in this country that is horrifically run um, with a group of corrupt, um, evil uh, sycophants at the top keeping this guy in charge. By the way, it's a monarchy. Get the fuck out of here. Mm. Um, this thing's going down in flames. So I want the sequel to be the um, Les Mis style uh, French Revolution. The What's the place name of this place? The Ruritanian. The Ruritanian Revolution, where um, they get all these guys' heads on spikes. <laughs> Let them eat cake. Peter Sellers is still, hey, still like a cock. <laughs> He's trying still it. like a... He's still a geezer. He's still got it turned up like a hundred. Wait, but he didn't become king at the end, though. He does. What? He takes the place. Does he take the place? That's, that's what happens. So at the end... Um, right, okay. The original king goes back to, to London. London. Of course, because he wants and, to be... Yeah, of course. Yeah, and he lives his life there. And... Um, oi, oi. Oi, oi. Peter Sellers uh, is the king of Ruritania. And uh, clearly that's going to be a problem. Mm, so I, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to do my sequel works in tandem with your sequel. This is like a before sunrise sunset type deal, mm. right? Where there's another sequel where we follow the king, but he's gone to London and this time cut off from his infinite supply of wealth, gets heavily mm. addicted to opium. And now we pick up, we pick up with him on the streets, not a penny to his name, desperately trying to find a way to get back to Ruritania to take his revenge. But K-Pax style, no one believes him. Mm. It's just a harrowing drama of a man who they, yeah. it's, it's one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah. Also, shout out to back in the day when you could just do that and we didn't have any way of verifying what <laughs> anyone looked like at any one time at all. Yeah. And you could just like, I feel like in, in the 50s or in the 40s, the reason so many men had so many like separate <laughs> families is just because... <laughs> It was no way of verifying. Like, <laughs> he got married in Texas and he didn't like things were going. And he just moved over to the neighboring state and was like, I'm going to start again. That's my Mulligan family. Yeah, that yeah, family yeah. Is, that was my practice family. I think I think up until up until photographs, Pete, that, that was it. Men were just coming up with aliases, that, you know, the way they do in hacky comedy movies where they look at the signs on the wall and that my name is Fire Toilet or whatever. And they were like, yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> No, yeah, but that, that's very recent. I feel like this is like up until the seventies. <laughs> yeah. Up until the seventies, where it's like, oh man, this guy had like three different families, and by the time he gets to the third family, he's like figured it out. Like, oh no, he's a, he's a good. Meanwhile, just the trail of of broken dreams 
and <laughs> a kid on the yard with his uh, with his baseball glove and yeah. no one to throw the baseball to. <laughs> awful awful mm. um sequel generator we have that one done and then we have the genre blender i think actually for genre blender i think prisoner of zender would work really well i was like as a kind of a netflix i, I want it to be a kind of a true crime uh, po- uh t- true crime film where the, like it's layer after layer after layer. So they tell you the first story. The first story is they explain to you what, what Roritania is. And then they're like, and then it goes further. Oh no, there's <laughs> double gangers. Oh, and then it goes further. The dad <laughs> yeah. smashing around. Yeah. And then it goes further. Um, I know what you're thinking. How did the king have time to get all the way from his room <laughs> to like the liquor six- store at 4 p.m.? <laughs> Like a six part um a six part documentary of the, the scandal mm. of um Yeah. That's crazy because I wanna do the exact same thing for Alien, but I oh, wanted to word. do it I wanted to do Alien like Blackfish, so it's like the alien like Tilikum the Xenomorph and it's just like footage the crew capture him and it's just them like electrocuting him in the pond and it's, it's all about like we need to fucking raise money because the planet the universe is dying and these the creatures will be extinct in five years blah, blah 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 yeah that could work also you could do the same thing you can have like a nice expose of that company and yeah. how they um how they're trying to uh, kill their own employees <laughs> i was like this is this is ridiculous yeah 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 um and I then we get trust. the then we get the Aaron Brockovich out of that, where it's the the biopic of the woman who exposed them. Matt, do we have anything else to say about these two movies? Have we forgotten oh, a category? I don't think we have. No, I think we've just sped through everything. Oh shit! It's gonna be a nice short episode for the people this week. Um, I yeah, I yeah, I guess the one thing, the closing note is both of these films, same year, nineteen seventy nine. The thing that they really have in common is they are both done with like sheer sincerity alien really needed it the prisoner of zender really didn't it really needed like a mel brooks to be like we're just gonna do spoof dude let's get into um anything you want to recommend have you been watching anything cool recently that you want to tell the people to listen to um or I, watch should it oh you know what i dipped back in and watched a few episodes of friends with all the furore the furore that's going on have you said that ever that word I don't Ferrari. think so. No, I don't think you've ever said that out loud. I'm you? not sure. Yeah. I know what it means. You're just like feeling your way around the edges. Fu- like, it it feels because trying it on. It's like general fury. I feel like the furore, furore, the furore borealis. I think it's just the furor. No, 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 I'm not talking. About- <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I watched a couple of episodes of Friends. I don't think. I don't think all of it is aged as badly, but Ross, Ross is fucking terrifying, man. Oh, man. So scary to go back to. I'm like, this dude is like a straight up... Psych- he is who Promising Young Woman was about. Yeah, like a like a beta psychopath. Mm. Beta male psychopath. But no, nothing nothing good. I, I've just been replaying mm. God of War. What about you? Oh, what a beautiful game. Um, I, when by the time that this comes out, I will have... Um, by the time that this episode drops, I'll be going to the Prince Charles cinema, watching Heat oh, in shit. Uh, 35 millimeter. Um, so I'm very excited for that. It's going to be great. Um, I re- I I stumbled across it recently. It was on the TV, 
and um, it was like the scene just before the the bank robbing scene. Um, and I just remembered how good it was. And then it was also I was reminded that there was also another like fifty minutes after after the bank robbery. There's still another like it was almost like half a movie. Yeah, man. Left. Um, so yeah, that um, I watched uh, a movie that is very dumb, but the right kind of dumb, mm. which is Army uh, Army of the Dead. Okay, I want to watch it. The um, the one with Dave Bautista. Yeah, and Tig Notaro replacing Tig Chris Notaro, um, which is hilarious, and um, a few other people. I feel like I I could tell this this movie isn't serious because it was like a bunch of like off brand like Cara Delevingne European types where I'm like. I feel I feel like you you want us to know who this person is, but no one's ever seen this person. Yeah, it's the killing Salazar of Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was that it was that kind of thing. But I thought it was it was it was too long. It was but it was very, very dumb. And I was like, this was I watched it while I was doing something else. And I it was so I don't remember the last time I watched a movie, I was like in and out of the room. And I was on my laptop for a bit and I played a bit of chess. And I was <laughs> like, but I still enjoyed the whole movie. I'm still like, yeah, I love that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um yeah, Dave Bautista is interesting though because I think he he is he used to be a wrestler, way more charismatic as a wrestler than sorry, way more charismatic as an actor than he was as a wrestler. He was quite a one dimensional wrestler, even though he's quite good. Whereas the I think that's the inverse of The Rock. The Rock has never attained the same level of charisma as a actor that he had as a wrestler, mm. and I don't know why. Well, I think because I think The Rock was very much hate like, the, the, and I'm not as a non wrestling guy. The Rock was the guy. He was the big guy. He was the guy everybody fucking loved. So he walked into a room. There was a you know hundreds of thousands of people screaming his name. Uh, to to then take that on screen, it's like you can't hide the. We're up close. We're in your face. There's not, yeah. you know, when you don't have the support of it's like imagine watching a comedy special where the guy's just bombing the whole time with great mm. jokes, but there's two people in the room who are going, all right. <laughs> oh, also, mm. one more thing. One more thing before we go. Bo Burnham's new Netflix special. Everybody's telling inside me. Inside is fucking incredible. It's um, it kind of builds on what Hannah Gadsby did with Nanette. Um, in the same way, it's like it's like challenging the boundaries of like where comedy can be. Is it supposed to be funny? Can it be funny all the time? But Bob Burnham, I think it's a technical masterpiece. He does the entire thing in his in his house, and he's been on the YouTube since he's seventeen years old. So he has such a good um, understanding of what it, how to film these things, and the rhythms of them, and how people uh, film and present them and, and receive them. That it's so good. So yeah, that, that's actually the thing that I would recommend more than anything. I'll check it out. All right, all right, man. Uh, let's wrap it up there. Um, short little episode for you guys today, but um, stay tuned. We've got a few more in the chamber. Sam, anything else? Nah, that's it from me. All right, let's stop it there. Cheers, guys. See you next time. Peace. <laughs>